Hi Incredibles. Welcome to the podcast Book B. You're listening to Ruhi Nuran. Well, today I come up with a short story The Model Millionaire by Oscar Wilde. Okay, so this is a quite uh funny at one of side and uh, it's amazing. You're going to love it, I'm sure. Okay, so let's get started here. Unless one is wealthy, there is no use in being a charming fellow. Romance is the privilege of the rich, not the profession of the unemployed. The poor should be practical and prosaic. It's better to have a permanent income than to be fascinating. These are the great truths of modern life which you gainers can never realized. Poor Hugging. Intellectually, we must admit he wasn't much of much importance. He never said a brilliant or even an ill-natured thing in his life. But then he was wonderfully good-looking with his crisp brown hair, his clear-cut profile, and his grey eyes. He was as popular with men as he was with women, and he had every accomplishment except that of making money. His father had bequeathed him his cavalry sword and a history of the peninsular war in 15 volumes. Hugo hung the first over his looking glass, put the second on a shelf between Ruff's Guide and Belly's magazine, and lived on 200 a year that an old aunt allowed him. He had tried everything. He had gone on the stock exchange for 6 months, but what was a butterfly to do among bulls and peers? He had been a tea merchant for a little longer, but had soon tired of Pico and Sochung. Then he had tried selling dry sherry. That didn't answer. The sherry was little too dry. Ultimately, he became nothing. A delightful intellectual young man with a perfect profile and no profession. To make matters worse, he was in love. The girl he loved was Laura Merton. the daughter of a retired colonel who had lost his temper and his digestion in india and had never found either of them again laura adored him and he was ready to kiss her shoestrings they were the handsomest couple in london and had not a penny piece between them the colonel was very fond of hugh but wouldn't hear of any engagement come to me my boy when you have got 10000 pounds of your own and we will see about it He used to say and he looked very glum on those days and had to go to Laura for consolation. One morning as he was on his way to Holland Park where the Mertons lived he dropped in to see a great friend of his Alan Trevor. Trevor was a painter indeed few people escape Alan Trevor. Trevor was a painter but he was also an artist and artists are rather that nowadays. But he was also an artist Personally he was a strange rough fellow with a freckled face and a red ragged beard. However when he took up the brush he was a real master and his pictures were eagerly sought after. He had been very much attracted by Hugo at first. It must be acknowledged entirely on account of his personal charm. The people a painter should know. He used to say are people who are beat and beautiful. people who are an artistic pleasure to look at and an intellectual repose to talk to men who are dandies and women who are darlings rule the world at least they should do so however after he got to world to know you get better he liked him quite as much for his pride beyond spreads and his generous like reckless nature and had given him the permanent entry to his studio
When Yugi came in, he found Trevor putting the finishing touches to a wonderful life-size picture of a beggar man. The beggar himself was standing on a raised platform in a corner of the studio. He was a wizened old man with a face like wrinkled parchment and a most piteous expression. Over his shoulders was flung a coarse brown cloak, all tears and tatters. His thick boots were patched and cobbled, and with one hand he leaned on a rough stick, while with the other he held out his battered hat for arms. What an amazing model, whispered Hugh as he shook hands with his friend. An amazing model? shouted Trevor at the top of his voice. I should think so. Such beggars as he are not to be met with every day. A travail monger, a living Velasquez. My stars, what an etchment Rembrandt would have made of him. Poor old chap, said Hugh How miserable he looks. But I suppose to you painters his face is his fortune. Certainly, replied Trevor. You don't want a beggar to look happy, do you? How much does a model get for sitting? asked Hugay as he found himself a comfortable seat on a divan. A shilling an hour. And how much do you get for your picture, Alan? Oh, for this I get two thousand. Pounds? Guineas. Painters, poets and physicians always get guineas. Well, I think the model should have a percentage, cried Hugay laughing. They were quite as hard as you do. Nonsense, nonsense. Why, look at the trouble of laying on the paint alone and standing all day long at one's ease. It's all very well, Hugay, for you to talk, but I assure you that there are moments when art almost attains to the dignity of manual labor. But you must not chatter. I'm very busy. Smoke a cigarette and keep quiet. After some time, the servant came in and told Trevor that the frame maker wanted to speak to him. Don't run away, Hugay, he said, as he went out. I'll be back in a moment. The old beggar man took advantage of Trevor's absence to rest for a moment on a wooden bench that was behind him. He looked so forlorn and wretched that Hugay couldn't help pitying him, and felt in his pockets to see what money he had. All he could find was a sovereign and some coppers. Poor old fellow, he thought to himself. He wants it more than I do. But it means no handsomes for a fortnight. And he walked across the studio and slipped the sovereign into the beggar's hand. The old man started and a faint smile flitted across his withered lips. Thank you, sir, he said. Thank you. Then Trevor arrived and Yuki took his leave. Blushing a little at what he had done, he spent the day with Laura, got a charming scolding from his extravagance and had to walk home. That night he strolled into the ballet club about eleven o'clock and found Trevor sitting by himself in the smoking room, drinking hock and seltzer. Well, Alan, did you get the picture finished all right? he said as he lit his cigarette. Finished and framed, my boy, answered Trevor. And by the by, you have made a conquest. That old model you saw is quite devoted to you. I had to tell him all about you, who you are, where you live, uh, what your income is, what prospects you have. My dear Alan, cried Hugay, I shall probably find him waiting for me when I go home. But of course, you're only joking. 
poor old wretch. I wish I could do something for him. I think it's dreadful that anyone should be so miserable. I've got heaps of old clothes at home. Do you think he would care for any of them? Why his rags were falling to bits. But he looks splendid in them, said Trevor. I wouldn't paint him in a frock coat for anything. What you call rags, I call romance. What seems poverty to you is pictures sequence to me. However, I'll tell him of your offer. Alan, said Hugo seriously, you painters are a heartless lot. An artist's heart is his head, replied Trevor. And besides, our business is to realize the world as we see it, not to reform it as we know it. And now tell me how Laura is. The old model was quite interested in her. You don't mean to say you talked to him about her? said Hugay. Certainly I did. He knows all about the relentless colonel, the lovely Laura, and the ten thousand pounds. You told that old beggar all my private affairs? cried Hugay, looking very red and angry. My dear boy, said Trevor, smiling, that old beggar, as you call him, is one of the richest men in Europe. He could buy all London tomorrow without overdrawing his account. He has a house in every capital, dines of gold plate, and can prevent Russia going to war when he chooses. What on earth do you mean? exclaimed Hugay. What I say, said Trevor, the old man you saw today in the studio was Baron Hausberg. He's a great friend of mine, buys all my pictures and that sort of thing, and gave me a commission one month ago to paint him as a beggar. And I must say he made a magnificent figure in his rags, or perhaps I should say in my rags. They're an old suit I got in Spain. Baron Hausberg, cried Hugi. Good heavens, I've, I gave him a sovereign and I sank into an armchair the picture of dismay. Gave him a sovereign? shouted Trevor, and he burst into a roar of laughter. <laughs> My dear boy, you'll never see it again. I think you might have told me, Alan, said Hugay sulkily, and, and not have let me make such a fool of myself. Well, to begin with, Hugay, said Trevor, it never entered in my mind that you went about distributing arms in that reckless way. I can understand you're kissing a pretty model, but you're giving a sovereign to an ugly one. Besides, the fact is that I really was not at home today to anyone, and when you came in, I didn't know whether Hasburg would like his name mentioned. You know, he wasn't in full dress. What a duffer he must think me, said Hugay. Not at all. He was in the highest spirits after you left. Kept chuckling to himself and rubbing his old wrinkled hands together. I couldn't make out why he was so interested to know all about you. But I see it all now. He'll invest your sovereign for you. Hugay, pay you the interest every six months and have a capital story to tell after dinner. I'm an... I'm an unlucky devil, crawled Hugi. The best thing I can do is to go to bed. And, my dear Alan, you must not tell anyone. I shouldn't dare show my face in the row. Nonsense. It reflects the highest credit on your philanthropic spirit, Hugi. And don't run away. Have another secret. And you can talk about Laura as much as you like. However, Hugi wouldn't stop but walked home feeling very unhappy and leaving Alan Trevor in fits of laughter. 
The next morning, as he was at breakfast, the servant brought him up a card on which was written, Monsieur Gustave Norden, de la part de M. Le Baron Hosberg. I suppose he has come for an apology, said Hugue to himself, and he told the servant to show the visitor up. An old gentleman with gold spectacles and grey hair came into the room and said, in a slight French accent, have I the honour of addressing Monsieur Erskine? Hugue bowed. I've come from Baron Hausberg, he continued. The Baron, I beg, sir, that you will offer him my sincerest apologies, stammered Hugue. The Baron, said the old gentleman with a smile, has commissioned me to bring you this letter, and he extended a sealed envelope. On the outside was written a wedding present to Hugue Erskine and Laura Merton from an old beggar, and inside was a cheque for £10,000. When they were married, Alan Trevor was the best man, and the Baron made a speech at wedding breakfast. <coughs> Millionaire models, remarked Alan, are rare enough, but by Jove, model millionaires are rarer still. Hope you enjoyed the story. Make sure you follow me on Spotify or whatever the platform you're listening me on. And stay connected with me for more certain interesting stories and book reviews. Yeah, book reviews. I guess I've uploaded only one book review. Um, I'm gonna make the another book review soon, as soon as possible. Goodbye, take care. Hey, before leaving, I want to thank you very much that you have spent your time to listen to me. Bye-bye. Take care.